Faith is really seeing Jesus clearly. Thanks for tuning in to the Putnam City Baptist Church podcast. We hope this message encourages you wherever you might be. If you'd like to learn more about PCBC, visit us online at pcbc.tv. Good morning. All right, that's great. I hope you had a wonderful Thanksgiving, and whether you're joining us live or whether you're joining us online, I pray this morning that as we look into God's Word, that God will speak to your heart in a special way. Recently, our church read through the Gospels together. We started out and worked our way through them. And as I was doing that, there was a pattern I began to notice each day that God was speaking to my heart strongly about faith. And in fact, as we read through the Gospels and again and again, I saw Jesus responding to faith that was placed in him. This image began to form in my mind that faith is really seeing Jesus clearly. And that's what I want to talk to you this morning. Some of the lessons that I felt like God was re-running through my filters. These aren't things that you don't know, but they're things that perhaps you need to be reminded of from God's Word. We're going to look this morning in Hebrews chapter 12. It's kind of our focal verse, verses 1 through 3. Now, you know this verse was preceded by Hebrews 11, which is the hall of faith of Christianity, where God walked down all the great heroes of faith. And then coming to chapter 12, we read these words. Therefore, since we have so great a cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let us also lay aside every encumbrance and the sin which so easily entangles us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of God. For consider him who has endured such hostility by sinners against himself, so that you may not grow weary and lose heart. And really there's two phrases out of that verse that are kind of the focal phrases for what I want to share with you this morning. One is fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. And we're going to talk a little bit about what helps us do that. And then lastly, so that you may not faint or lose heart. You know, these are times when it's easy to be discouraged. It's easy to lose heart. It's easy to feel like the world is spinning out of control and not just because of the COVID virus. There are a lot of things in our world today that can cause us to feel as if we have no control. And in truth, we do not have any control. But we serve a God who is totally in control. And when we fix our eyes on him, he is the author and perfecter of our faith. When my kids were little, I used to play a game with them called the trust fall. Do you know about the trust fall? It's used in management circles sometimes. What you do is this, is one person stands in front and someone else stands behind them. And you make your body just as stiff as a board. And then you begin to fall backwards. And you trust that the person behind you is going to catch you. 
Now, when my kids were little, I used to get down on one knee like this after they were not looking. And when they would begin to fall, it was a long way before they felt daddy's hands lifting them up. Uh, maybe the first time they were a little red since the knees would buckle a little bit. But once they figured out that daddy had them, they just let it go. Because they knew that I was not going to let them get hurt. Now, we could switch places, couldn't we? And my little girl could say, don't buckle your knees, Daddy. But you know what? They were going to buckle every time because she was not strong enough to catch me, and I knew it. And one of the things that really enables our faith is when we see Jesus clearly, we begin to understand that he is able not just to catch us, but to hold us. We can absolutely trust him so we can free fall in this life as long as we're falling into the arms of Jesus. And so this is what I want you to see this morning is that faith at its heart is seeing Jesus clearly. In the Lexham Bible Dictionary, it says this, Faith is a Christian's capacity for a kind of spiritual perception that allows them to interpret the world in a godly way. God's people are able to see and perceive his work in the world while the rest of the world rejects it. So you see, faith is more of an awareness of and submission to God's power and control than it is some magical, magical quantity of belief that somehow I have to screw up in my life. Can you remember being young in the faith? And you were always trying to have more faith? You can't try hard enough to have more faith. The world will just rock you. Faith comes from seeing Jesus clearly. And so I want to illustrate that through four quick scripture passages. The first one is in Matthew 17, verses 14 through 21. Matthew chapter 17, verses 14 through 21. And in this one, we learn that faith is validated by the person or object in which it is placed. It says in verse 14, And when they came to the multitude, a man came to him, falling on his knees before him, saying, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he is a lunatic and very ill and often falls into fire and often into water. And I brought him to your disciples, and they could not cure him. Jesus answered, O unbelieving and perverted generation, how long will I be with you? How long shall I put up with you? Bring him here to me. And Jesus rebuked him, and the demon came out of him. Then the disciples came to Jesus privately and said, Why could we not cast it out? And he said to them, Because of the littleness of your faith. For truly I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you shall say to this mountain, Move from here to there. And it shall move, and nothing shall be impossible to you. But this kind does not come out, but by prayer and fasting. Now, this was an interesting thing because the disciples had seen Jesus working miracles. Jesus had sent them out and given them some of their power, and they had seen God's power at work through them. And so I kind of imagine in my mind they 
find this boy who is demon-possessed, this dad whose heart is broken, who is just searching for anyone that can help his son in any way, anyone that can touch him, anyone that can reach out to him. And they speak at the demon, and the demon laughs back at them. That's what I imagine. And they're kind of like, well, it worked yesterday. And so they took him to Jesus. That's always the right thing to do when we can't handle the situation, isn't it? Get them to Jesus. And Jesus speaks to the demon, rebukes him, and he leaves the boy, and he's healed. Now, when the disciples get alone with Jesus, they say, hey, hey, now, we did that a week ago. Why couldn't we do that this week? And Jesus said, it's because of your faith. Now, when I read that verse, and then it says, you know, if you have just a mustard seed of faith, you can say to this mountain, be removed, and it goes. And I, I used to just like, oh, yeah, well, I'll never have that kind of faith. I mean, Jesus can still the raging storm. Jesus can move the mountain, but I'll never have that kind of faith. That's the problem. Is I'm not called on to have that kind of faith. I'm called on to see Jesus and believe Jesus and trust Jesus. And Jesus is the one that operates to make mountains move, to heal people, to solve problems in my life, to give me grace in the midst of a struggle when I need grace in the midst of a struggle. Jesus is the answer. Faith is seeing Jesus clearly. And so these disciples learned an important lesson. They also learned another lesson I don't have time to talk about, but this kind does not come out by, except by prayer and fasting. You know, the way we keep our eyes on Jesus is by spending time with Jesus in the Word and in prayer. And so I wish we could say more about that. So faith is so much more than just positive thinking. It's so much more than intense belief. It's so much more than just some quantity of stuff that we build up in our life. Faith is in an object. And our faith is no better than the object or person in which it is placed. My little girl could trust me to catch her because I was big enough to catch her. But I could not trust her to catch me. We have to always remember that our faith is only as valid, our faith is only as good as the object or person in which it is placed. And for life, there is only one place where we can place our faith, and that is in our Savior, Jesus Christ. He is the only one that can hold us. Louis Giglio, in one of his books, said, The key to living untangled in this tangled world is not a plan, but a person, Jesus Christ. Then the second thing that we learn is that faith begins with trusting Jesus for salvation. And continues with trusting him in every area of my life. Faith begins with trusting Jesus for salvation and trusting him in every area of my life. In Colossians 2, 6 and 7, and I'm using the living translation, living Bible translation for this verse. It says, and now, just as you trusted Christ to save, you trust him too for each day's problems. Live in vital union with him. Let your roots grow down deep into him and draw up nourishment from him. See that you go on growing and become strong and vigorous in the truth you were taught. Let your lives overflow with joy and thanksgiving for all that he has done. 
And there's two keys in this verse. Faith begins with trusting Jesus as our personal Lord and Savior. The Bible says, and now just as you trusted Jesus to save you, how did you trust Jesus to save you? When the Holy Spirit pricked your heart and when the Holy Spirit made you aware that you were a sinner and that you were condemned without a Savior. When the Holy Spirit made you aware of need for someone in your life bigger and stronger than you who could forgive those sins. The Holy Spirit pointed you to Jesus and in simple faith. The faith, the Bible says, of a little child. You knelt before the Lord Jesus Christ and you asked him to forgive your sins and come and live in your life and control your life. That's how Jesus saved you. Now catch the second half of this. Just as you trusted Christ to save you, what? Trust him too for each day's problems. Live in vital union with him. You see, the problems of life never go away. The problems of life are never solved. This one may replace another one. You may get one handled, but the next thing comes along. Life is like that. One guy said, uh, the wise philosopher, I think it was Peanut, said life happens. And so now, just as you trusted Christ to save you, trust him too for each day's problems. You know, we trust Jesus for salvation, but do we trust him for deliverance, for strength, for comfort, for needs, for direction, for forgiveness? Is there anything in life that you cannot trust Jesus Christ for? Absolutely nothing. And so we have to trust Jesus with everything in life. We have to believe that he can handle everything. Worry seems to be a focus of our life when we get our eyes off Jesus. Worry and anxiety. Corey Ten Boom wrote, Worry does not empty tomorrow of its sorrow. It empties today of its strength. And if you've ever read her life story, you'll know that she learned and lived that lesson. Worry comes from a focus on my needs, my wants, my desires. The center of worry is my, 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 because I want somebody to solve my problem right now. Peace comes from a focus on Jesus Christ and trusting him in every area of life and believing that if Jesus is allowing me to walk through this, Jesus has a purpose, a reason, a plan, and that he's going to work it for my good. Romans eight twenty eight, we know all things work together for good to those who love God to those who are called according to his purpose. We sometimes confuse happiness and joy. Happiness is temporary, unpredictable. It's dependent upon our feelings and circumstances, and all it does is cover discouragement. But joy comes from the abiding presence of Jesus Christ in my life. Joy comes from knowing and trusting God. Joy is steady and lasting. And joy doesn't cover discouragement. Joy defeats discouragement. That's what it means to trust Jesus in every situation of life. Next, we learn that faith requires me to listen to and obey God. Faith requires me to listen to and obey God. In Matthew chapter 1, 
There's the story of Mary and Joseph, starting in verse 18. And it says, Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, they came together, and she was found to be with child by the Holy Spirit. Now there's a problem for Joseph. And Joseph, her husband, being a righteous man and not wanting to disgrace her, desired to put her away secretly. He was going to handle it with kindness, but he was handling it his way. But when he had considered this, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for that which has been conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. I kind of imagine that Joseph had a do-what moment. I mean, this is a big thing that he's being asked. And the Spirit, God's messenger, continued, And she will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for it is he who will save his people from his sins. Now all this took place, that what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet might be fulfilled, saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. But here's the part, and this is what counts. It's not how you initially respond. It's how you respond after you listen and hear the voice of God. And Joseph rose from his sleep and did as the angel commanded him and took her as his wife and kept her a virgin until she gave birth to a son and he called his name Jesus. You know, the truth is, is our faith is kind of like a poor illustration perhaps, but like I'm sitting in a light, my car engine is running, the light turns green, and I say, the car won't go. And the guy behind me is, bang, 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 bang. you know how that goes? Because until I take my foot off the brake, and put it on the accelerator, the car does not move. When I hear from the Lord, I have to take the step of faith. I have to put my foot on the accelerator. I have to let God know that I'm willing to let his power flow through me. And I do that by obedience. So faith requires hearing from the Lord and obeying God. And you know, the interesting thing is, is I'm sure that with a wife-to-be <coughs> that was pregnant, I'm sure Joseph wondered what other people were going to think, what other people were going to say, what was going to happen, how all this was going to work out. But he moved past all of that stuff, and he walked in perfect obedience to what God had asked him to do. He trusted God in total and complete faith. You know, the Apostle Paul had a place in 2 Corinthians, it's recorded, where it says he was given a thorn in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to buffet him. And he said that he prayed three times for that thorn in the flesh, whatever it was to be removed. And God answered him this way, My grace... Is sufficient for thee, 
For my strength is made perfect in weakness. And Paul said, Most gladly, therefore, will I glory in my infirmities, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. You know, <clears throat> when you look at these scripture stories, they're all about obeying Jesus. They're not about getting the answer we desire. And sometimes the path that Jesus has for us is not the path that we think we want. But you know what I'm still learning in life? That the path of Jesus is the path I want, even if it's not the one I thought I wanted at the time. Because Jesus knows what is best for my life, and he does what is best for my life. And so sometimes in God's plan, we have to endure and trust him in steadfast faith. In 1 Peter 5.10, the Bible says this, And after <coughs> you have suffered for a little while. Sometimes I wish that word after wasn't in there. And after you have suffered for a little while. The God of all grace, who called you to his eternal glory in Christ, will himself, what? Perfect, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. You know, if you're in the middle of the storm, and you still can't see how it's going to work out, trust the fact that God hasn't done his part yet. And if you'll weather the storm, ultimately, you'll see the purpose of God for your life. And then one last thing that we see about faith is that faith expressed frees God's work, God's power to work in my life. Faith expressed Freeze God's power to work in my life. Now, you know, we see the miracle stories in Scripture, and sometimes all we want is the miracle. But what we really need is to see the power of God working in our life. And sometimes that power is solving problems, and sometimes that power is giving us the strength to walk through problems because God has a greater purpose that we cannot yet see. In Matthew chapter 8, verse 5, we read a story which says, And when they had entered Capernaum, a centurion, that's a Roman soldier, came to him entreating him, saying, Lord, my servant is lying paralyzed at home, suffering great pain. And he said to him, Jesus said to him, I will come and heal him. But the centurion answered and said, Lord, I am not worthy for you to come under my roof. Just say the word and my servant will be healed. For I too am a man under authority with soldiers under me. And I say to this one, go and he goes and to another come and he comes and to my slave do this and he does this. And when Jesus heard this, he marveled and said to those who were following, Truly I say to you, I have not found such great faith with anyone in Israel. And I say to you that many shall come from the east and the west and recline at the table with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. But the sons of the kingdom 
shall be cast into the outer darkness in that place where there shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And Jesus said to the centurion, go your way, let it be done to you as you have believed. And the servant was healed at that very hour. Now think about this. This wasn't one of the disciples. This wasn't one of the men that had been walking with Jesus. This was someone, because he was a Roman soldier, that obviously had been watching from some distance. But he had been hearing the stories and seeing the work. And he came to a point where he believed that this man had the power to heal. I think many times the miracles that we see in the Gospels were done so that we could see who Jesus really was. And Jesus really used this as a teaching point for those following him. You know, there, there are all these instances where people said, if I can touch him. This guy said, just speak the word. But you notice he not only said it, but he acted on it. And it says in the scripture that the servant was healed at that very hour. Which hour? The hour when Jesus said, your request is granted. It's done. Go. And the man walked in faith. And Jesus brought healing to his son. Life-changing faith believes not only that Jesus can, but that Jesus will. In John 4, 49 to 51, there was a royal official that came to Jesus and asked Jesus to heal his child before he dies. And the man believed, and Jesus healed his child. There was also another instance where a father came to Jesus and asked him to heal his son, and Jesus said to him, I can if you believe. And the man said, I believe what? Comma, help my unbelief. You see, it's not the amount of faith we have It is who our faith is placed in that frees the power of God to work in our life and the world around us. That father came to Jesus and he said, I don't have enough. Help me believe. But when he saw Jesus, the faith that he had was enough because Jesus is always enough in our life. In Nazareth, the Bible said, where Jesus grew up, that he didn't do many works in there because of their unbelief. Seeing Jesus with the eyes of faith frees God's power to work, but unbelief stops it dead in his tracks. And Jesus wants to speak this morning to your life. And he wants you to see him fresh and anew. He wants you to fix your eyes on him as the author. That means the one that writes the story. That's the one that had the idea for the story. He's the one who planned your life out ahead of time. He wants you to see him not only as the author, but also the perfecter. The one who will walk through this life with you. And if you trust him and keep your focus on him, he will provide 
what you need for any circumstance in life. And that is so that you may not grow weary and lose heart. As we come to the conclusion of this brief look at faith, the question I have for you is, how does God want you to respond this morning? How does God want you to respond this morning? I've been reading through the Life Application Study Bible, and I'm finding the study notes in the Life Application Study Bible are really rich. One that I read recently said this, Sometimes we are tempted to give up on people or situations that have not changed for many years. God can change what seems unchangeable, giving new purpose and hope. Christ can make a difference when it seems too late for anyone else to help. He can bring healing to broken relationships, release from addicting habits, forgiveness and healing to emotional scars. If your situation looks hopeless, remember that Christ can do the impossible. Oswald Chambers said, when I pray, as a question, when I pray, do I concentrate more on the mountain I want moved or on the God who can remove the mountain? Faith is seeing Jesus clearly. I don't know how God wants you to respond this morning, but there may be several ways that God might have you want to respond. One is perhaps there's someone here that you've heard the gospel. Our pastor preaches the gospel regularly. And perhaps you've heard the message of salvation through Jesus Christ. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And maybe this morning God has pricked your heart through his Holy Spirit. And you know that today you need to take the first step of faith that you need to invite Jesus Christ into your heart as your personal Lord and Savior. You need to turn your life, your future, all your problems, all your desires, all your concerns, and all your dreams over to Jesus Christ. And you need to trust Him to walk through this life with you. That's the first step of faith God asks us to take. And perhaps this morning you need to take that step of faith. If you don't know how to do that, it's as simple as just saying, Jesus, I need you, I need forgiveness for my sins, and I give you control of my life. We'd love to talk with you and help you if you have any questions about that. And you have a communication card, and there's a place on the back where you can indicate your decision today for the first time to accept Jesus Christ as my personal Lord and Savior. Some of you may have been attending our church, either in person or online, and you realize that we need a company of believers to walk through this life with. And perhaps this morning, 
God is saying to you, that is a place where I ought to invest my life. That is a group of people that I ought to walk through life with. And we would invite you to place your membership and your life in service to the Lord with us here at Putnam City Baptist Church. And you can just check the appropriate box there that uh, I would like to join Putnam City Baptist Church and we'll call you and we'll visit with you about what it means to become a participating member of a great church. Some of you may realize, may have realized this morning that you have faith, but you've let the concerns and the cares of this world kind of push your faith to the side. And you've been handling life on your own, and maybe you need to recommit your life to Jesus Christ. That simply means to say, Lord, even though you're my Savior, I've been doing things my way, and I realize that I need to do things your way. And maybe you need to rededicate your life to Jesus Christ. If there's any other decision you need to make or any other prayer request that you would like to share with us, there's a blank box on the card that you can write that in. There's some offering towers as you exit the auditorium, and you can place these cards in that offering tower. And then we'll get it, and we'll follow up with you and with the decision that Jesus is leading you to make in your life. But as we close this morning... My prayer for you is this, that you would fix your eyes on Jesus, the author and the perfecter of your faith. See Jesus clearly. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for your word. Thank you for its clarity. Thank you for its precision in putting your finger squarely on the needs in our life. Father, we know that more than anything else in life, we need you. We need to see you clearly. We need to see you in your majesty and your splendor and your glory. We need to see your sufficiency and your adequacy in every area of our life. We need to see your control over the affairs of men in our world. Father, today anew we give ourselves to you and we trust you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for spending time with our church family. If you would like to learn more about our ministry, visit us online at pcbc.tv. There you can also contact us and find out how to connect with us through social media channels. And visit pcbc.tv podcast to listen to additional messages from Putnam City Baptist Church.